0: I'm Tamara Thomas, Editor-in-Chief of UrbanHealthToday.com, part of the DocWire family of medical news sites, and I wanna thank you for tuning in to Urban Health Weekly. Our goal each week is to keep you informed of the latest in health and medical news right from today's headlines. It's time to empower yourself with open conversations about your medical care with news that matters to you. So are you ready? Let's get started. Hey, welcome to Urban Health Weekly, and I'm here with Lou and with Jackie. Hello, people. How are you? Hey, guys. How are y'all doing? Okay. I know you guys have been following the news. Uh, How are we feeling about the the Pfizer? Well, first of all, the Omicron, which we talked about, I think we talked about that last time, right? How are we feeling about the Omicron approaching us? Uh, And it's on our shores now. It's like it's here. Uh, Apparently, it's been
2: here. I'm nervous, of course, but I'm a nervous person. (laughs) Getting my booster tomorrow, and I'm glad we're pronouncing it Omicron, so we cleared that up. Because I was going around saying Omicron. All right. I think everyone was going around saying Omicron. Actually, I I heard news
3: show yesterday that there's actually like two or three proper pronunciations: Mm -hmm. the Ah. the British pronunciation and the American.
2: Ah, I listened to a lot of BBC news on the radio, and so Ah, Omicron. Ah, there you go. We'll go. Okay. (laughs) <laughs>
0: well,
3: uh,
2: we, uh, We're doing the uh, US pronunciation over here.
3: <laughs> yeah, there's been a few. I guess we'll call these encouraging for now reports. So the first one is from Pfizer that it looks like three doses of the vaccine do protect you.
2: Yes, yeah, so if you get um, your. Mostly, Tomorrow I'm getting the Pfizer booster and I have the Pfizer before. So I'm very excited.
3: Yeah. Outstanding. Right. So, so the Pfizer product does work. Uh, It looks like based on early and preliminary results, but that's very good. Even two doses of it, uh, control it um, Mm. and keep it away. Uh, So that's, that's all good. So it looks like our vaccine cocktail is, uh, can handle it. Um, I'm sure that if Pfizer can do it, the other ones will follow suit. Uh, but quickly. this, I, but but does
2: that mean if you got the Moderna booster and you got Moderna, are you left
0: Moderna hasn't weighed in really yet? They're still
2: they're okay still doing their
0: their their, uh, their tests, and I guess we'll know um, in another week's time because they always kind of lag behind Pfizer by you know well, a week wait, or two. Yeah, yeah. so we'll okay. find out shortly where they where they stand with theirs. Right,
3: uh, in terms of in terms of that. But I, I would assume, being that two vaccines is so very close together, uh, that, that that would be a positive sign. Uh, the second sign is, uh, it, there's been a few super spreader um, uh, accounts of, of Omicron already, uh, mostly happening during holiday parties. Uh, which
0: oh, that I, have... I didn't know about.
3: Right, there was one in uh, Norway, I believe, uh like uh, attended by two three hundred people oh my god and
2: oh,
3: oh, oh, oh. Uh, yeah and indoors? So, indoors yeah it was somewhere in scandinavia indoors okay. they did take precautions and all that but regardless of the precautions uh, about 60 or 70 people got it that said no one was serious no one had resulted with serious um, uh, illness now Everybody who went to this party was vaccinated. That was one of the conditions oh, of going to the party. Okay,
0: you know it's interesting. So far, it only they only seem to be catching it in um, vaccinated people. I'm wondering if it's because the people who are vaccinated tend to be more vigilant and will submit to to testing and all of that. Um, it ha- I mean, it can't just only be affecting vaccinated people. I, I have yet to hear any cases of.
2: On non-vaccinated people, um, do you think the vaccinated people are more confident going out and about? Um, I think unvaccinated
0: people are just as confident going out and about. I think they are strong in their conviction of of, of not wanting to get vaccinated and uh, not uh, feeling that feeling that they're healthy enough that their body's going to withstand it, et cetera, or or masking up. Or, or but in any event, feeling like. They're fine, and uh, that, you know it's either going to get them or it's not going to get them, and they take per- precautions. Um,
3: I have but, a worse view on humanity.
0: <laughs> What's your view? Well, but, but but my but but I think what I'm what I'm trying to say is that you know, so far all the cases of people that they they've found it in have been vaccinated people. I highly doubt that it's skipping over unvaccinated people. This is, you know, we're, we're, we're all kind of saying, okay, it sounds like it's going to be fine. We don't know what it's going to be like in people with uh, comorbidities. We don't know what it's, it's going to be like in people who are not vaccinated. We haven't gotten there yet. We're not out of the woods. So, you know, I'm doing the, I'm, I'm throwing my hands in the air like I just don't care because I got my booster. And my little one is vaccinated, so I'm feeling, you know, even more confident. But, you know, given the standard American diet and the amount of sugar and and the very little, you know, water and and fresh food that that people eat, I worry. I worry what this is going to do. You were saying you had your bleak,
3: <laughs> My your bleak outlook on human beings. <laughs> All right. Well, well, here's one thing. I think that most people that have not gotten a vaccine today are not going to report the fact that they're feeling bad or go. That makes to sense to me. And unless you're like at hosp- at a hospital level at death's door, you're are just you, not going to. You're just not going to. Are gonna you tell taking I-
0: ivermectin at home and hoping you, for the best? You
2: You're they, admitting they, to nothing. Back-
0: <laughs> that makes but, sense. No, you're you're that's an excellent point.
2: That's what goes involved. At
0: that yeah.
3: point. You take your you take your home remedy, screw the world and screw the planet, and they're lucky you're wearing a mask if at all. And oh my uh, God. and there you go. I mean, that's No, that's, that's
2: No, you're right.
0: You're that's
3: right. the attitude I have that to they agree
2: have. with you. I have to agree with you on that. I think that's what it is. I that makes sense to me. Also, I think what Tammy said that um, possibly the people who get vaccinated are more community-minded and they're more likely to see about getting, you know, tested and, you know, keep track of that. Like maybe there's more like accountability.
3: Yeah. yeah. Either community-minded or they work for a, a, an institution.
2: Oh, that requires it. Here, mm-hmm.
3: here in New York City, uh, the uh, the mayor just came out with uh, something a bit controversial, but for once, uh, I'm on, on his side, he's He's demanding that everybody, everybody get vaccinated. The basically. private sector
0: employees must get vaccinated.
3: Right. So okay. if you're a public sector employee or if you work for the city now, there's a vaccine mandate for you, uh, which means. No, 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 that the
0: va- that vaccine mandate, if you work, if you were city employee, that, already that was already in place. Right. This new one mm-hmm. is if you're Papa John's, your employees better get vaccinated. Right,
3: right. Or, or Google or... Uh,
0: yes, any private entity. Or a entity. law firm
3: or anybody You you can, you
0: can no longer say, well, my company, my rights.
2: Is it a size issue of the company?
0: Um, I don't think they made that requirement make- like it's got to be 10 or more employees. I think he just made a blanket like you okay. must get vaccinated if you're employed, period. I'm worried that people who don't want to get vaccinated are just going to decide to drop out of the you know, use the designation as, as their cover and then apply for
2: a <laughs> yeah.
0: New York oh, is so is ridiculous. York, yeah. It's so ridiculous oh. now to quit their job and then they're going to get <laughs> aid from the
2: state. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. <laughs> I just I more and yeah. more. I just in New yeah.
3: York. <laughs> and get, to, get to quit your job on Instagram and. <laughs> cursing uh, yeah you serious.
2: get
0: to go on tiktok and make a video about uh your whole ordeal how you quit your job and the whole thing <laughs> and then show the sign and then you just go and apply for money and then you get a fat check from the state every every month God to stay home. They, <laughs> I just God
3: they ask you to show up at nine in the morning how could they you know my precious sleep well,
0: I, I i'm not saying that i'm just saying that that that, you know, this, that, that's the, uh, that's the thing that I'm, I'm worried is kind of going to happen. Mm-hmm. People are just going to be like, well, I'm just not going to vaccinate. And since I've got options, you know, that's the thing now, like people have options. It's not like, well, look, I got to suck it up because I need my job.
2: Um, I mean, are you saying that, um, people shouldn't be getting, uh, assistance of any kind? Because I could see. No, that's not decided. what I'm saying. Okay. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that the, that the,
0: the the barrier for entry is so low that if you're, it, if you're easy to get assistance, right, right, that it's, it's so easy to get assistance that you don't even have to have like, a you don't even have to have necessarily lost your job. Okay, you just have to not be working and get money. All right. And All right. And I don't have a problem with that except that you lost you left a perfectly good job because you decided that you took you wanted to take a stand for whatever reason and you didn't want to comply with the rules of the job and your reward is that you get money so from perhaps the standard should be a little bit higher. This not this is not the same thing as I lost my job for whatever reason and pick any reason age discrimination Um, They called me incompetent, downsizing, company just went belly up. Like, those are all legitimate reasons a person loses their job. And I feel like that's what that money should be for. Not for people who just decide, I don't want to
2: work. So if there were, is there a way to get better oversight on that? I don't know
0: that there is because because the need is so overwhelming, that they just, just the, they just lowered the bar so much that okay. that anybody who's not working, you just need to prove that you're not working. Um, it doesn't matter why or how you're not working. You're just not working. Mm. And um, that's what bothers me. I'm not saying... And, and the other thing that bothers me is that a lot of the times the people that really need it can't get it because mm. of the type of work they were doing. Let's say they were... Uh, working off the books a, a yeah, cash only job. job
2: that's not well documented
0: yeah you know and then these these people who have these documented jobs but decide to leave the, the workforce for whatever reason um for no good reason in my opinion mm-hmm. uh, because i don't think leaving because you want to take a stand because you don't want to be vaccinated i don't think that's a good reason to leave yeah. a
2: job i agree hey but you yeah. can get a medical dispensation is that correct if you, yeah, but you, but it has okay. to be legit. Like, you
0: know, I'm a new yes. or I'm a cancer right. patient, right. Okay. You know, some other, some other issue. i um, not, I just mm-hmm. don't want to do it because I right. done my own research and comfortable with, with the science.
3: I think some of this is social, you know, but, you know, taking the conversation back to medicine, but bringing it, keeping it on the social level. In 2019, I did a, um, a research study and presentation, corporate presentation that um, told senior management that by 2025, uh, a third of the workforce as they knew it then was gonna be gig employees, not necessarily corporate employees. Another third would be working from home and only a third would be working in the U office. What's happened due to the pandemic is that was going to happen over the next six years. And it was it was an evolution that was happening and that I felt was going to happen and continue to happen and take six years to happen. As a result yeah. of the pandemic, that time frame. Accelerated. Accelerated. It, it <laughs> and it, this almost became like six weeks or six months oh, or whatever yeah. you want to call it. And all of a sudden we've evolved to that model. Now, as we've evolved to that model, it's very different, like the rules and HR and and social rules and unemployment rules and all that are now lagging and reality has moved quicker than the rules. Usually all these things kind of work at the same pace, but because of the pandemic, all of these changes that were going to happen anyway, people working from home, using Zoom, uh, doing this, doing that. All of this was going to happen, but it wasn't going to happen quite this fast, and the rules had not been adjusted. Now what we see happening is with this large migration to working from home, there's a lot of conflict in the workplace, and people just don't know what to do. Even Google, that's kind of like state-of-the-art, and everybody looks at, ooh, what is Google doing with it? Or yeah, ultimate. I mean,
0: they, they let their, they pay for their their female employees yeah. to freeze their eggs so that they don't miss yeah, out on fertility. Yeah, they, you know, they, they beat yes, athletes. They're a little
2: more progressive. They're a little yes. more modern. Yeah. Cutting edge, yeah.
3: You know, and they, you know, first they said, all right, everybody's going to come back to the office. We think it's a good idea. They got all this space in Manhattan. And oh. they, well, oh, the virus is still here. So we're not going to fill it. They just, um, they were going to have a reopening of January 10th. Um, In fact, they were having reopening parties. Oh. So that people could see each other. And then all of a sudden Omicron hit and they canceled everything. And now they don't have a, they don't have a date. So what I'm trying to say is that the corporate planning that was there before and and the policies and the HR structure is not quite there yet. And as this pandemic uh, evolves, and I guess ages Uh, we're starting to see a catch up here. And I think that these things will fix themselves.
2: I hope you're right. Wow. So that was a good point that, yeah, all of a sudden it was like six weeks, the floor dropped and everybody just fell into a big crevasse. And now here, corporate can't catch up all the infrastructure behind it. Do you think people are going to go back to the office, uh, period, in the way they did?
3: nah i think yeah, once I, that I'm, I'm
2: highly so like 2035 no, you had far. said like it'll be like a third people uh, will be out so it's just happening in 2022 there's gonna I, be
3: i think there'll still we will be a social need for people to gather
2: maybe like one day a week or something like that
0: whatever
3: whatever the but here's
2: the but here's the
0: gag this is the this is the hypocrisy like okay. these people that are worried about like not going back to the office and it's so unsafe and all that mm-hmm. to go to the local pub or to go yeah, to the party go yeah. or to go to like dinner, no problem. Yeah. It's no problem. But mm-hmm. to go to the office, oh, it's so dangerous. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I just, I, I'm, I can't, I'm, I'm having a hard time that time. it's entirely uh, about yeah. safety. It's, it's a, yeah, that, it's, like it's, the, it's a. The, dissonance that I just can't wrap my mind around. I just can't, by the way, Lou, what did you base that report on? That That's
3: you- an interesting report. Actually on trends, uh, you know, I've, I've done a few of these as yeah, I've told you over the years. And I, I did it on on trends that I, that I saw in the marketplace uh, and that I saw just based on corporate metadata that I had access to as to how employee sizes were actually shrinking as um, I had, I had been called upon originally to do space planning for a large organization. Uh-huh. And by space planning, I had like little sensors, people were bugging out over this. I had little sensors placed underneath people's desk. And I told you, there's a sensor on the desk, but people, people went crazy over this, uh, oh. just to tell me how often they were at their desk, how often they weren't at their desk. And as a result of this study, I found that people were only at their desk, sitting at their desk 40% of the time. And they would only show up 66, 66% of the time to the office.
0: Wow. That's,
3: that, that was your average worker. And as this survey, and I did this for a couple of years, and I saw the numbers going down. And then I, I then saw as I said, okay, what is the date that the most number of people ever showed up to this place? And that number was 70%. Uh-huh. The biggest day of full attendance was seventy percent. So uh, picture a football stadium, right? Where the biggest number of people that you need is seventy is seventy seats. Yeah, is 70, is seventy seats when you have hundred seats. Right. Why do you need those extra thirty seats? Right. It was also based on some football data and baseball data. I'm a sports uh-huh.
2: nut,
0: <laughs> and uh-huh.
3: think the Red Sox did when they went to metadata at the Billy Bean and all sorts of craziness. But what they actually did is they made their stadium smaller to make the demand for tickets bigger. Mm-hmm. So, if you contract the amount of space that we needed and made it more of a, a a share a share type thing, right? And only like legal and HR have their own areas because obviously they have sensitive documents. Mm-hmm. Everything else is paperless. You can just go up, grab a desk, and get to work.
0: Oh, so that's how you came up with that kind of like workspace idea where yeah. it's like you, you put in your time. Uh, ah, yeah. okay. And Green was
3: Space better. was working on it, an, and I think we're gonna see a lot of that. A lot of the a lot of the stores right now, um, for example, SPG. Uh, which is a big mall company, is turning mall space into sh- into green shared Simon space.
0: Property Group. Mm-hmm. So
3: Simon Property Group is actually uh, Lord & Taylor's, which uh, kind of had gone out of business. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. They're turning these Lord & Taylor's into shared office spaces. And people are flocking to these things because you're, you're doing a shared office space in the mall. Much like uh, Tammy said before, you know, people complain about working if they got to go somewhere, but hey, imagine working at the mall—you and you can go shopping and, and all of this. All of a sudden, 10 oh, went so
2: they're they're going to a place they want to be at, and they can choose whether or not they're going in, right?
3: Right, right. So there's parking. There's there's access to transportation. And
2: do they have to be there at a certain time every day? Or a they-
3: shared space. The company provides the the company provides twenty desks or forty desks or whatever. And it's, it's between you, your boss, and your co-workers when you have to show up.
0: Yeah. And then you just kind of like schedule the time. Like, I'm going to need it from X time to Y time. By the way, did you guys hear about the, the company who, who did a Zoom meeting and fired like 900 employees? What? Yes. yes. On Zoom? Yeah. So it was, I forgot the name of the, the company. It was a, yeah, it was a real estate the company. They just went public. And they had like this really great valuation. That's we're sort of getting getting off topic here but i just thought it was important uh, speaking I'm of produ- speaking of productivity you know, that's what made me- is, well right uh, speaking is, of is prod- speaking yeah. of productivity that's what made me um make me think about it so what happened was everyone that was called to that zoom meeting the ceo basically told him if you're in this meeting it's because you're getting fired today
2: oh my
0: gosh <sighs> but the reason he did it and he was advised not to do it that way but you know the reason he That's he some did, terrible
2: optics by the way horrible
0: optics <laughs> the p the the, the p, head of PR quit the <laughs> person quit after that well, he, uh, another marketing person
3: he he let them go gracefully he just said look well I'm what happened, happened is he
0: he did a he did what he did was he posted uh, he, po- he he anonymously posted on some some um group that basically that these employees were stealing because they were only um, working or showing up for work 20% of the time, 20%. Mm -hmm. So these 900 people, and I'm not saying what he did was right. I don't agree with what he did at all. I'm saying that going back to what Lou was talking about in terms of productivity, these people were only working they were putting in that they were working eight hours and they were only working 20 percent of that time what is what is that what, how many you know you're the man two person. hours they were doing two, two,
3: two hours, hours, hours
0: two
2: out of eight hours a
0: they day. were
3: averaging less than two hours a day so when he yeah, saw so
2: him, it looks know. like he was like setting making an example is what it sounds like yeah. i mean it was very
0: punitive the way he did it it was a bit humiliating the way he did it um did he have a good reason to let them go? I guess so. Mm-hmm. Um, did he do it the right way? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Um, you, it is stealing if you're, if, you're, if you're saying that you're working eight hours and you're really only working two. But that's going back to what you and I were talking about before with, with people doing a lot of jobs. And you doubted when I said that. Uh. Jobs. And, I, and I'm telling you that that's what's happening is that people have decided, well, now that I'm working from home. I'm doing my side gig. I'm going to do my hours. side gig. Exactly. <laughs> Since I don't have to show my face, I'll just I'll just pretend I'm putting in eight hours here. And I'll pretend I'm putting it eight hours there and I'll collect all these different mm-hmm. salaries. And instead, oh, of, making, instead <laughs> of making 80,000, I'll make 160,000 yep. because I'll put in, you mm-hmm. know, half or a third of the effort at each job, mm-hmm. enough to keep me on the payroll and I'll just make more money.
3: Yep, Yeah. Well, w- with that, um, I think we need to take a break. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Our sponsors are very angry. That's We're going to conversations. Let's take a break. We'll be back.
1: Frenchman to Oak Street, Tremay, Gentilly, and the CBD. V102.3, WHIV FM. The vibe of the city for human rights and social justice. WHIV 102.3 FM.
0: And we're back. And we were originally talking about the Omicron variant and medical news of the week. A reason for optimism on Omicron, our immune systems are not blank slates. This is from Stat News. New COVID-19 variant with a startlingly large array of mutations has countries around the world sounding alarms. While the concerns are understandable, experts in immunology say people need to remember a critical fact two years and 8 billion vaccine doses into the pandemic, many immune systems are no longer blank slates when it comes to SARS-CoV-2. The new SARS variant, known as Omicron, may more easily sidestep some of the immunity of some vaccinated and previously infected people, but there's good reason to think people who already have some immune protections may avoid the worst of what COVID infections can do to immunologically naive meaning never been exposed to it previously, people. I have to say, I'm not really terribly worried about this because as I said, I have the booster and Pfizer's mm-hmm. CEO, Albert Borla, I call him Baller Borla, said oh. that the booster puts you in, in good shape. Oh yes, he came out and he's like, oh, we've been we planned for this eventuality. We we're prepared mm-hmm. for this. And I was just like, oh, thank goodness. As long as we avoid sugar, drink plenty of water and keep the processed foods to a bare minimum. I think, I think I can survive this.
2: All right. I got to work on the processed foods for my little one. (laughs) That's a bit of a problem. Like if you, if you, if you don't put
0: um, stumbling blocks in the way of your immune system, then you can get through this, you know, but you, but you have to sort of be disciplined and that's what worries me. Like, like some people are saying, well, it's no big deal. That, yeah, it's no big deal if you're, if you're a healthy individual, it's no big deal. If you, if you eat a healthy diet and you're within a healthy weight and you don't have, uh, comorbidities, um, you know, that's per- not particularly mainstream. diabetes, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, that's not, that's not most people. So I, you know, I think the jury is still very much out on this, you know, the healthy world is like, ah, Looks like nothing to nothing to worry about here. I got my booster. I eat healthy, but it's the, it's the it's the other side of the equation that worries me still. That we haven't seen the other shoe drop yet. What are you guys' thoughts on this? Keep wearing masks. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, I, I'm the same way. I mean, you know, pretty soon they'll have a a, a shot that uh, gives me a good mood um <laughs> and the
0: is they have the they have the therapeutic if the if for the non-vaccinated for those who do get sick they've got the therapeutic i mm-hmm. wonder how much that therapeutic costs. that plexo whether what, what
2: they forgot the name of it some plexovid or paxlovid. i also want to know how easily available it is isn't that only for when you're like incredibly ill
3: yeah the, there's, there's the out there now that people are going and demanding that that are not incredibly ill and demanding the pill and all of that and, yeah <laughs> I, these are the
0: same people I that mean, were suing the state for their right not to get vaccinated yeah i, I, I thought us, you know so. I, I thought we okay. were off the
3: topics of, of lunatics <laughs> but i guess because every time we get out of, out of topic here we go back to lunatics but, but, but you
0: know what i you know and i'm just playing devil's advocate those people think that we're lunatics for putting this poison in our body so yeah. i'm just you know i just want to give it a little perspective but go ahead right
3: yeah. Um, I'm not
0: disagreeing <laughs> with you. I'm just, you know.
3: Yeah, like medically when these interventions are with what's becoming a, a little bit of a controversy is like medically when these interventions are necessary. Uh by interventions, when should I prescribe X, Y, or Z now? Uh, that, that we have we have an escalation therapy arsenal. Um, you know, and it's kind of like the military. At first we send out your gunships and your troops, and then when do you call out the nukes? And it's the same here. <laughs> hopefully never yeah exactly hopefully never that's what the medical community is trying to say is like let's just save these drugs for when we absolutely need them not like hey i tested positive for covid i'm feeling fine but can you just give me this thing just in case i
2: got a dispensation
3: yeah can i can i have it i want it in my medicine box so i'm feeling kind of sick you know and and it's a natural result you know it's a natural request but um but right now the answer is is,
0: is it a natural reaction? That's a natural, really. That's not, how are. not, not, not. Uh, let me take an ounce of prevention mm-hmm. and get the job. Oh,
2: no, I think that's not the natural reaction. Uh, the people are impulsive.
0: You have right. to impose things on them, right? Well, but, but he was saying that the natural reaction is to say, "Well, I, I'm feeling okay, but I want that drug just in case I do." Ah, okay. So I'm just, I'm just trying to, to put that side by side. To the vaccine that's available and you can actually get. <laughs> I'm just trying to make I'm just trying to make sense of it all, Jack. Yeah. That's all. Just trying to make sense. <laughs> oh man. Seven policies in Biden's spending plan aimed at health equity. After years of advocacy led by black women in Congress, Democrats are poised to make a substantial investment in services to promote maternal health. The centerpiece of the maternal health provision is a policy that would force states to cover more mothers on Medicaid for a year after giving birth instead of the current 60 days. A federal COVID-19 relief bill passed this spring included an optional path for states to expand that coverage, but only about half of states have adopted the policy. Other investments include funding to address to promote research at minority serving institutions, to diversify the perinatal health workforce, to increase data collection and to conduct bias trainings for health professionals. Another policy that will allow um, low income people uh, in expansion states to receive premium free insurance through the Affordable Care Act exchanges funded for four years. That expansion is gonna cost 57 billion Mm. for congressional analyst estimates. There's also um, Making CHIP, which is the Childhood Health Insurance Plan Permanent. That's another initiative. Yes. The list goes on. And if you want to learn more, you can visit Stat News for their extensive coverage on it. Um, But I'm going to stop here because it just goes on and on. Uh, I think that um, I think it it all sounds good. I'll wait to see what actually gets passed. What, what what, What do you guys think about this?
2: Well, I'm very excited for it. I feel like this kind of stuff is going to uh, save money in the long run for us country, and it's just more humane and probably more effective.
3: I I agree with everything <laughs> to say, however, you know it's um it's one of those in order to save your life, I'm going to have to kill you. Uh, the um, the uh, you know the federal government has set a terrible track record historically in uh, implementing anything. And in most cases, things cost more money to implement than they actually save. So every time they try to save a dollar, they spend $2 by saving it. Now that's, that's across all fields, uh, not just healthcare, you know, you talk military roads, whatever it is. So on one side, yeah, I, I, I think that the, the highbrow of this is great. Uh, however, it's all in the implementation.
2: Or right. some things, for example, you know, they've already got a track record of like Medicaid and a track record of CHIP. I mean, some of these things, right, it's not like brand new concept, it's just expansion or making them permanent.
0: Right, right. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I'll, you know, I'm going to mm-hmm. reserve my judgment and see what actually comes to fruition. Another one that they, they uh, another one of the points is home and community-based services for the elderly and disabled people um you know elderly and disabled have always gotten the fuzzy end of the lollipop in my opinion yes um so you know i think it all sounds good on paper uh, i want to see actual uh policy and actual um execution on the ground level and see what that looks like so i um i'm just going to reserve my my judgment on that and and just uh remain hopeful that's kind of all I can do. All right. Okay. Well, speaking of um, implementation, successful, unsuccessful implementation, so President Biden announced a plan for free at home COVID 19 tests as part of his, his effort to tame the pandemic this winter. The catch, though, is that people will still have to pay the cost up front for the tests, and then they have to submit the receipts to the health insurance to get reimbursed. <sighs> um pain in the ass much have yeah. you you know if anyone has ever submitted a claim oh yeah insurance does
2: it oh god you know exactly what's going to happen if take a year or you're first gonna they deny, them a deny.
0: Exactly, yeah. you're going to send them a bill that you paid mm-hmm. for 30 dollars and they're going to send you a dollar back in the mail Bell back until you
3: six months six months
2: later and then they're yes. going to ask for more documentation or yeah. you're going to a thing. and then by then you're going to be so exhausted. That you just yes. will give up.
0: I mean the, the you know the money it's going to take to, to fax it or, or mail it is just not even gonna be worth right. it. So, so this is just another one of those things. And that's why I'm reserving my, my judgment because it's okay. like, okay, yeah, this sounds good on paper.
2: Let's see how they
3: actual, execute it. Yeah,
0: the actual execution, not so much. So
3: yeah, I, <laughs> I gotta admit that 50% of all receipts are lost. By the time I get home
2: I was wondering what that number was because yeah I would say a ton are lost i I'm notorious yeah.
3: for not being sorry uh, about number me number. I, I lose by half of them. Uh, and <laughs> then, and then they, after that it's you know each plan has deductibles and this and that and then you got how much they
2: count on that the fact that people are just like oh they, they're not good with paperwork yeah and uh, well, but the real question is should the Biden administration have
0: thought of that to begin with? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. These are people who, who make these policies who clearly have never had to do anything like that in their. Or they're already work. experts yeah. in paperwork and they have people. But <laughs> right. well, that's, well, that's my point yeah. that they so. don't physically have to go through any of this They, stuff, so they, they don't have, have a clue that. in that area. Right. Yeah. They have zero clue. And I, I'm just going to say, I'm just going to put one thing out there. You guys okay. said you guys always lose your receipts as a black person. I never lose my receipt because I'm always worried that when I get to the door, that the, that the security is going to ask to see my receipt, which as I get older, that doesn't happen as much, but it used to happen oh. to me all the time. I get to the door and they always want to see my receipt. So I've trained myself to always have my receipt handy just in case so I mean, I, wow yeah, yeah well
2: yeah, welcome to the black experience that <laughs> is a different experience oh i forgot my receipt Ah, oh, well next time bring your receipt that was my experience wow i've been getting away with nonsense uh-huh. for a long time
0: yeah and not mine mine is more like uh did you not just see me leave the register yeah. i'm gonna need to see your receipt ma'am
3: yeah.
0: wow Here it is just just take it it's all here yeah.
3: Yeah. it's better than my belligerent attitude of can i see a receipt and i would just say no and then i just look at them and they say finally i just say okay oh. <laughs> no, i just <laughs> i
0: just trained myself over the years to keep every you see my wallet yeah, yeah, so yeah. bursting with receipts from like two.
2: Oh. does that keep them because you yeah. never know
0: yeah what's
2: the do you, Europe, put them yeah. after? Do you I, have like a big box you stick all your receipts from that year in um, no, I mean, I throw them away after a while, you okay. know, if I know, well, I keep them because
0: I always keep them because I like to have them handy as I approach the door, but okay. then, but then I keep them because suppose I forgot something at the store and I need to prove that I bought it and I didn't get to take it home or something happened. Like maybe, uh, I opened the package and something's wrong. Then I'd like to be able to go back to the store and I don't want to lose the receipt. So for those eventualities, I'm always very cautious about making sure to keep my receipts. And then I have this habit of, okay, something may not happen today, but maybe tomorrow, maybe within the week, maybe something will break. So I keep the receipt. And then after like maybe two weeks to a month, I'll be like, okay, I'm not going, I'm not going back to the store. I don't need this receipt. And then I'll throw it away. Right. But I, I do keep them for at least two to four weeks just to be on the safe side, just in case anything happens, but especially that crucial, you know, 24 hours where, you know, I'm heading to the door and just to be on the safe side. I have it in my hand or if they accost me in the shopping, you know, in wow. the parking lot, that has never happened, but I've heard of, of, of stuff like that. Wow. Incidentally, I've also heard of interracial couples arguing about the receipt. Where the, the white partner will be crumbling enough to throw it away, and the black oh. partner will be like, Are you crazy?
3: Give me a We need wow. help. That's
0: wow. a different reality, y'all. Different reality.
3: <laughs> well, in like, Europe, uh, you know, I, I, I do have one final comment on this. In mm-hmm. Europe, uh, many of the tests are freely available, or available for a very nominal fee, uh, from you know a dollar or a pound mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, know, that's
0: the thing. They don't even they they don't even make the consumer go through that. Right. It's like you just get. However,
3: it. you know they have a different you know they have a different economic model. Yeah, let's not and, get into that. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. They have a different into the, economic, into
0: the, the sub- economic subsidies, but let's not get into right.
3: that so mm-hmm. so we can't really compare ourselves to that, but I, I think there's a better there's, there's definitely a better way and and I think the policy is a very good policy. however the implementation you think the it,
0: policy to pay for it out of your pocket No
3: I think the policy that the tests be made widely available to people okay or low to no cost. That's is not a good policy
0: okay however
3: the implementation of this as the just... how leads so much to be desired but it's not, it but it's it not
2: really a free at home test if you have to pay for the that's not great yeah. it's definitely not because who sometimes we don't have the money to put out that's what i'm with. saying yeah. well you don't have that 20 dollars to pay out yeah. of your pocket to begin with the concept so that's is good it's
0: that's it's a terrible concept because it's not actually free. It's disingenuous. Well, it's and it also it also assumes that people have insurance. What if you don't have $20 and what if you don't have insurance to submit the the claim to for reimbursement? Well,
3: what if I just say I want everybody to live forever? That's a great idea. Oh, come on. Oh, yeah,
2: that's a big jump.
3: <laughs> that's a, that's and this unfair. Now that's no, not. No, it's, no. A good yeah. idea, it's not but you can't implement it.
0: It's not a if you can't implement it, it's not a good idea.
3: No, oh, I, I disagree. I think I think I can have a lot of good How ideas. How is this a
0: good idea? It's not free. It's not free. To say that it's free is disingenuous. Period. Okay. it's not free. You have to actually shell out money plus tax wherever, depending on you know your state. And then you have to hold on to the receipt, which as you guys pointed out, most people don't even make it hold receipt. And then you have to dig up your insurance information and you have to mail it to your insurance company, or you have to call them and get, who wants to go through that?
2: That's not free. That's, that's okay. not free. Yeah. And it ends up being not free because nobody finishes all that other side business of the, I mean, well, how, the many people, how many people even clip coupons and it's in your newspaper
0: and it's on your yeah. phone a lot of times. Right. And most right. times people don't even do that.
2: It's and that's inefficient. And it looks yeah. like that might be built in there
0: yeah that's all so uh, you know his heart's in the right place we can say that his heart's in the right place but we cannot say that this is a good idea righty. so we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back
1: from the lower nine to uptown mid-city to the west bank we got you covered new orleans whiv 102.3 fm
0: Right, so let's move on and uh i wanted to talk about um black and hispanic men contracting hiv at the same rates as 10 years ago despite all these interventions despite numerous advances in the prevention of hiv new data show that the rate of new infections among black and hispanic latino gay and bisexual men did not decline over the past decade officials say finding from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, or the CDC, underscores the need to address underlying social issues and gaps in the distribution of care, even as public health initiatives continue to try to reduce HIV rates. Overall, new HIV infections among gay and bisexual men declined 8% over the last decade. That's not much, um, Mm. report found. But most of that decline was caused by declining rates of infection among white, gay, and bisexual men. Among Black and Hispanic Latino gay and bisexual men, rates stayed stable, and any changes were not statistically significant, if at all. <sighs> I'm at a loss here, y'all. I, I you know, I, I just don't know how. How are researchers supposed to? Uh, how are they supposed to intervene in risky behavior? I, I I'm not really sure what what to do there. Eight percent is not a huge decline over 10 years. That's a small number, which means we're not even really making a dent. We're just keeping people alive and bodies are not piling up because of the therapeutics that we have available.
2: But people are getting infected. Do you think it has to do with stigma? Is that a possibility? Because in order to, um, you know, we were talking about last week how people were going to, they're more comfortable and felt less stigmatized at an AIDS clinic as opposed to, um, you know, speaking, they weren't necessarily feeling reassured at their regular healthcare provider. Like it needed to be like an AIDS clinic. Um, Do you think that that's interrupting the situation that, that they're still underlying? People aren't necessarily going, you know, discussing with their healthcare provider. If you need to be, you know, advanced planning, yeah. Well,
0: see, that's the thing. That's, that's the part, the part is the advanced planning, right? So like in order for me, okay. So like, for example, prep, the drug, the, the prophylactic drug that's available to, to people to take to prevent HIV infection. I was reading that education about um, prep in the Latinx community is not really, it's, it's not really penetrating. Um, so my the thing is, in order for you to have a discussion with your doctor about something like PrEP, aside from the fact that you should have a doctor, which a lot of young people don't, you have to have some forethought and some plan, which means you have to think or believe that you are at risk, which I'm not sure people who engage in risky behavior do risk assessment and think I could be at risk. So in order for you to plan for risk you have to believe that you are at risk and i think that's where the community that's where the breakdown is and that's why i'm saying how do people so how do how do you intervene and change risky behavior because a lot of it is risky behavior i don't know if it has to do with shame or anything you know this is probably like um might have to do with youth just being young but behavior uh, risky behavior is not just for young people. Um, right. You know, a lot of you know men who sleep with men, for example. And this is this is, and this is this is not just
2: men that sleeping with men. This is a lot of people just this is behavior, all people who engage in sexual activity. Engage in sexual I mean, activity. It's designed to be, you know,
0: right. Who who uh, get off with with strangers and that whole illicit behavior and, and and that whole thing has been kind of glamorized and and you know and it's just not no, people don't want to think about it they don't want to think, you know they want to be in the moment right so how do you intervene what kind of intervention can you do for in the moment and there are there are people who don't feel that this is their problem this doesn't apply to me i'm young and healthy or i'm healthy and i'm good looking And I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna have fun. I'm gonna drink. I'm gonna meet some sexy guy or gal. And I'm just gonna have fun. I'm just gonna throw caution to the wind. In order for you to um, to not have that kind of attitude and to be a planner,
2: then you don't have that same romanticized throwing. Right. That's why it has to be way ahead of time. But somebody has to be comfortable. Right. Well, Somebody's
0: got to wear the big boy pants or the big girl pants and say, right. I could be at risk. And that's the thing. Do you feel that you're at risk? And a lot of these people, I'm sorry to say, a lot of these people who behave in risky behavior don't feel that they are at risk.
2: You You have to feel that you're at risk about it because they're so young. Or do you think it's a case of like, they just feel they're because, you know, young people really think that I mean, Inhibition is romanticized. Inhibition is romanticized. You don't
0: see segments on a lot of these shows of people going to the clinic. I think, you know, a lot of these shows would do young people a service. Like one thing I liked about that show girls was that they always told the guy, please make sure you're wearing a condom. do you have a condom? Um, you know, when I see shows doing stuff like that and putting it out there or like, Oh, just a second, let me get my condom. That to me is what you want to encourage people in. And a lot of this, this caution to the wind stuff is just like romanticized. And it's like an afterthought and you figure the person looks good. They smell good. You know, the pheromones kick in. Uh, What could possibly go wrong? It's too late late then. You have to be ahead of
2: time because the brain can't stop at that point. You're just going to go forward. Exactly.
0: And then there's a lot of alcohol involved in in these. Yeah. So you're already disinhibited. Yeah. Right. And so how is science, how is, how is research supposed to intervene on that? I'm just, I'm just wondering how they do that. Like, what are your thoughts on this, Lou? Well, here's
3: the thing. Um, I'm. I'm not even gonna to go to this pandemic. I'm gonna I'm gonna use an adjacent pandemic, which is the opioid pandemic, where I was doing a bit of research on. I'm full of research today. Uh, <laughs> okay. don't, don't tell me what I'm full of. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Full of research. Yeah, well that's but, an epidemic. But, but
2: here's
3: the, <laughs> Okay, yeah, epidemic. All right. So with the opioid, you know, the numbers were interesting. 80% of all users are white and 20% are minority mm-hmm. on the opioid epidemic. Mm-hmm. Yet. When you look at deaths, and that's, that's the people that are hooked on it.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: When you look at deaths, there's more deaths on the non-white sector mm-hmm. than there is on the white sector. Now, how could you-
2: Wait, 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 wait. There's more deaths on the non-white sector or the white yeah. sector?
3: More deaths. We're just talking about absolute deaths. So
2: of the
0: 100% of opioid users, 20% of them are people of color. Right. right but the majority of them are the ones dying from the opioid oh right
2: okay
3: so why you know and, and that's that's something that they looked into now this is an area that's been lately funded quite a bit with all the lawsuits so we're starting yes. to learn why and also as most of the victims are of the white nature of course the money flew there
0: right. but
3: but let's I'm so
0: glad you said that but go ahead
3: they they started looking at it and they found that, on the white sector, they were 35% more likely to go to a clinic to either seek help or seek uh, uh, products that would help with the addiction. Like
0: not naloxone or whatever. Right, whatever that's
3: Yeah, I didn't do my research uh, for for that for this mm. segment. But it's a, it's a very interesting corollary. On the uh, non-white sector, and the non-white is Hispanic, African-American, mm-hmm. People of color. Yeah. yeah, people of color. That group was 35% less likely to seek out help. Now, I think we what we're looking at on the HIV uh, sector, um, and you know, let's let's throw them all in there, is a distrust of the system. I think- an avoidance of being connected to the system. Yeah, it's it it's it's not as much irresponsibility or ah. or lack of wanting or anything else as that.
0: I didn't say they were irresponsible. I yeah. said they were engaged in risky behavior. Well you're 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 there are yeah. responsible, responsible people who engage in risky behavior. Look at yeah. all the married men that are cruising and on mm-hmm. um, down low.
3: Well, well, that's the whole thing. Number one is there's a distrust of the system. So let's put that one on the bulletin board. Let's okay. put, Put it on the parking that, lot. Walk that's away. It. With it. That's reason A.
0: Okay. Reason
3: B, as Tammy just correctly pointed out, is there's a lot of stigma still here. Right. Now, one, people that are on the down low are not going to show up at the HIV. Yes. If yes. It's not going to happen. So let's look at that population. It ain't going to happen. They're not going to have that in their medicine cabinet. They're not going to have that. Oh
2: yeah, that, that yeah. Yet. You just got outed.
3: Yeah. Number two when we look at the, I know of the Hispanic community very well, because I'm part of it, uh, but, you know, I think it's also part of the African-American community. There is more of a stigma to being gay in those communities as they are in the white community. Yeah, That's sure. my feeling. That's yeah, my no, feeling. No,
0: you're absolutely right.
3: <laughs> culturally. Preach. Yeah. Culturally, <laughs> you know, if, if you if you uh, are not traditionally sexually oriented in the yeah. Latin community, mm-hmm. they, there's a lot of grief there that goes there. Yeah, and if you're not
0: cisgendered or heterosexual. <laughs> that's right. Yeah,
3: there's a lot of so so just being hey, I saw I saw you know blah blah at the at the clinic or or something like that. There's a lot of stigma if you're seen there. So mm-hmm. that added stigma, the distrust. I, I think when you start adding all of these factors mm-hmm. together. You start getting a trend towards non-compliance yes. and towards non-protection, because there is a problem with going. I mean, what are you going to do? Go well, there in the middle of the night? I mean, it's, it becomes very difficult.
0: No, you're right, but but you know, mm-hmm. I'll, you're absolutely right when you bring that up. I'm going to also um, say that it's all of the above because there is. I strongly believe there is this culture of romanticizing uh throwing caution to the wind. There is that distrust, but there are a lot of people that are out and proud, Mm -hmm. you know, and so there's no reason for them to stay away from a a a clinic because everyone, you know, it's it's pretty clear, Mm -hmm. you know, they're not, you know, hiding, you know, what they are. Mm -hmm. But, you know, this is this is afflicting them as well, the out and proud. So it's definitely a culture of throwing caution to the wind. And this whole romanticizing of like, oh, it's just not fun to to plan. And uh, who, you know, it's got to be a chance encounter with a dark and beautiful stranger. And that whole idea of like, well, who's going to plan for that?
2: Yeah, that's hot. The other stuff doesn't feel hot. Exactly. It's
0: not, planning is not sexy. Thinking about your mortality is not sexy. So I agree with you. Do you agree with
2: me? <laughs> I agree with you.
3: I, I have to agree with myself more. It's
2: all of the above. <laughs> all, of the, all of the above. Okay. The
3: whole point is, like...
2: Also, people don't congregate the way they used to, right?
0: So everything is online now. Like, everything yeah. is yeah. online. You got Grindr. If, you know, I would love it if Grindr had, had that. Up of love like, like, hey, don't forget you're gonna hook up. You can get some condoms at your local. Like if you, like, for example, if you use a, what's that driving app Waze? ways every second the way you're driving and it's so obnoxious but every second you're driving they're like oh by the way you're passing a Burger King by the way That's you're, you're on your
2: <laughs> you just, you, you're about a mile away from Dunkin Donuts if you just hang it right here you know, know a lot of that, you, that implies if you could get it um can you get prep like um well not just online? The prep,
0: but I mean condoms
2: is like the easiest thing you could use and I'm just
0: saying like let's say Grinder had pop-up ads that said, oh, and by the way, before you on your way to your hookup, wherever you drop the pin, uh, there's a Dwayne Reed or there's a CVS, and you can get some magnums there for you know, for low price, buy two, get one free or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like if it was baked into the app where mm-hmm. people had people thought about it, and it's like, oh yeah, okay, that's a good point. Let me stop and because then that takes the stigma out of it and it just becomes part of the routine. Like it was just okay. like so much- Yes, yeah, so when
2: something's involved in routine, then you don't right. have to think about it. And right. you go it's like, it.
0: oh yeah, okay, that's good. Let me stop at the, the pharmacy. Oh, it's right over here. Okay, great. You know, I'll stop here. I'll pick something up just in case something happens, you know, and, and that's not happening anymore. Like when I was coming up, it was part of the conversation. It was, it was always part of the conversation. Rappers talked about it, wrapping it up you know rappers uh, rap uh about it like oh you know you got this disease go see the doctor you know put it put mm-hmm. a condom on. even the reggae songs you know and wearing my rubber shoes and all that other stuff <laughs> it, but, it was, but 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 it was part of the the it was part of the conversation and you didn't there was no stigma involved in it it was just like of course dummy wrap it up it's is it because
2: it's up? specialized i like what you said about like let's say on grinder if they had like pop-ups that makes yeah, a lot absolutely of you yeah. know what what's the other one? that's swipe direct marketing and swipe right and swipe left what's you know, they they can micro is that
0: still grinder swipe right and swipe left what's that one um, what app is it's that it's not
3: Grinder. it's uh all right we're I, so I, I,
0: old we don't even know the name of the goddamn.
3: phone hold on, let me get on my phone here and uh, <laughs> see who i've been looking at okay <laughs> for grandpa that's no come app that on
0: what's the <laughs> name <laughs> swipe right Do, jackie don't you
2: don't know the name of the app man, man i forgot, we're so I forgot old. i'm so <laughs> old i'm so old yeah. oh my god no, well true. anyway that app right you, know, you young people know what we're talking about anyway final thoughts i like what you're saying i like that idea i find the whole thing uh, i i would like to know if they could get some kind of public service but your public service announcement you're saying though Maybe we need big federal money behind it. It's got to be a That's priority. I think. I think there yeah. needs to be some federal funds behind giving these apps some
0: money to, to, to run these ads and saying, and by the way, your nearest pharmacy is, uh, you know, 0. 0.6 miles away, you know, right off of route, whatever.
3: Yeah, I, I think the drug companies would be more than happy to put the bill on this uh, and advertise their product.
0: Okay. Yeah, but we're uh, talking about condoms, which is like a
3: basic thing. Oh, uh, I'm thinking. I, crap. I, think, I still, crap. still think there's a stigma in advertising the stuff. Yeah. I, mean, I rarely oh. think during the yeah. NFL game. Uh, oh, here's a thing from Magnum.
2: I have <laughs> not seen those ads. You
3: Absolutely. had them, but you, it, it's, it's Not as not, much. It's not as much anymore, and and sometimes you start. You know, again, remember. Uh, you know, we live on coasts, and there's a whole country in between the coasts. Yeah. And uh, I I just don't think that this is 100% palatable for all of the U.S. Well,
2: you were talking about your high school experience, and my high school experience was completely different than yours. Uh, uh, What was your your high school? Well, I went to all-girls Catholic boarding school, so I was shipped away, and there was no sex ed, nothing, nothing. There were no condoms. We were taught uh, abstinence, which has never worked in the history of humanity. Ever, right. Yeah, so um yeah there was like so you had a very different. you had a uh practical experience yeah we had a health center right no there was none of that where and I went condoms galore and you no good and you god, god certainly not And it was like hey hi bye no, absolutely not nothing of that goodness <laughs>
0: All right, guys. That's all the time we have today. You guys are terrific as always. I love you.
2: And I'll see you to you. Love you guys. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to Urban Health Weekly today. I hope you'll join me and my friends next week so you can stay informed and inspired to take control of your health. See you next time.